Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I am Erin Winnick-Anthony. I work as a science communication specialist for NASA, which basically means I am the storyteller for all the science that happens aboard the International Space Station. I am based in Houston, Texas. Yeah, it was a mix. So I had an internship like every summer. So my first one was I didn't get it at all the traditional places, but I wanted one after my freshman year. So I went at my hometown uh, from Tampa, Florida. I went and found a small local engineering place and made a connection there. And they let me work, you know, a few days a week at minimum wage to be able to just have an internship on my resume and be able to get that experience. I was doing, you know, technical reports for a structural engineering company. So not the most amazing, you know, gig on paper, but I really enjoyed it. And coincidentally, it combined my interests of writing and engineering, even if it wasn't exactly where my career was going. But that gave me the opportunity to be able to have something on my resume to really pitch for the years later. So after that, I found two through the Society of Women Engineers, um, one through my school's career fair. And then the last one, which was actually after I graduated at The Economist in London, it was my first journalism internship, I applied online. So, you know, the way that everyone says you never get it, but the one that was probably the most career-defining one for me, yeah, just straight submitted an application and it ended up working out. (laughs) Wow. Just wow. I think, you know, (laughs) that that cliche quote, like, whether we believe something is possible or we don't believe something is possible, we're right. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) something you you know we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Whatever you think, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And you were able to get the opportunity. Who is your network now? Like when you run across a problem, would you say it's the management at your company, like on your team? Who do you go to when you're looking to climb to the next level and surpass your own abilities? Yeah, I'd say I I should say your own current abilities. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) I have two main groups. And one is probably the network of women in STEM that I've met through Instagram. Um, I do a lot of science communication work on social media on TikTok and Instagram. And I have to start saying TikTok now. I'm used to saying Instagram for a while. But Mm -hmm. there's some amazing women out there that have just I, I really admire and do such a great job on like whether it's, you know, finding new gigs to host TV shows or like pushing the boundaries of different forms of science communication. And I've met so many of them 
just purely through posting and interacting with them on there that now when I travel to cities, I feel like I have so many people that I can just go meet up with and have coffee. So that's probably number one. And number two, I would say I actually work at a NASA contractor. So that's one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that the a huge amount of the people that work at NASA actually work at contracting companies. So even though I work on site, you know, at Johnson Space Center, um, I work at a different company. And the community at that company, Barrios Technology, has been pretty uh, pretty amazing. The communications team that I'm on with, I have two other women that are just totally rocking it. And like they, we all have just such a great like mind meld and, and all of their, the people I go to for sure, whenever I need to run a, a new idea by them, need to figure out who I need to go to and within the NASA ranks to try to get something approved or pitch something new. So I think it's a combo of those two. Hi everyone, I'm Mary Siebert. I work as a community manager at Major League Hacking, where we empower student hackers all across the globe. I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. I honestly think one of the biggest ones for me was just getting out of the mindset that in order to work in tech, I needed to be the best programmer or a programmer who had been programming forever, um, or that I needed to, you know, be like, 100% all in on coding all the time. I think those three things kind of consistently made me want to, you know, switch my major or not finish my degree or just pursue jobs in other areas. Yeah, I've been lucky that I've had a lot of really great mentors who have told me like, hey, no, like you still belong here. And, you know, having people who tell you that again and again, eventually you start to believe it more. Um, So I think that's probably been the biggest one for me, just like recognizing that I don't need to check all of those boxes that I put out there in order to work in tech and enjoy working in tech. I was very, very lucky in college. I had um, a couple people in particular, so a couple CS professors who I had the opportunity to work closely with who really inspired me a ton and I think just kind of helped pave the path for me in that like tech doesn't need to be super intimidating and scary. It can be fun and lighthearted and really open for whoever. So I really got that, especially through, like I said, a few professors. And then I've also been very involved in ACM, the Association for Computing Machinery, and doing something like... Actually, can you dive into that more? Because people may not know about it. Totally. So ACM, like I said, stands for Association for Computing Machinery. And it's a professional organization for people in computer science, software engineering, the tech space. And what I really enjoyed or continue to enjoy about ACM is they focus not only on technical skills, but a lot of larger professional development, career advice. Through my involvement at ACM, I did mock interviews and had my resume critiqued and all of these things that I think just made me a lot more well-rounded through my involvement there. And that was also a really good way for me to see how much you can do with tech just because I met people who worked in so many different areas and did so many different things in their day-to-day. Hey guys, it's Chantal Anderson. I'm the CEO and founder of Real Move, based in Los Angeles, California, where you can stream, watch, and earn crypto. I had my mom into crypto a little bit, so I had to kind of uh, really, really 
uh, dumb it down a little bit, but I, I basically told her, I was like, mom, okay, so think of Real Mood live streaming platform where people come on and they monetize, they earn money. But instead of earning money, like how we think of US dollars, fiat, they earn in crypto. And the reason why it's great is because it's teaching people financial literacy in one point, and then they're also growing their earnings that they're holding within their, their crypto wallet. And that's something that YouTube can't promise because A, YouTube was created and built for advertisers, not with the mindset of content creators, but Real Mood will be the first platform that's in design for content creators where you don't need advertising in order to support the platform. You use crypto and blockchain. And she was like, hey, that's genius. I was like, and their money grows. <laughs> so, you know, like one day you can earn X amount and another day you could be XX amount, you know? So she heard that and she was like, that's like amazing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so here I am a year, almost a year later. I mean, I feel like you just shared that, how it solves things for the content creator economy. But was there something blaringly painful for you to see within our contour creator economy that you're like, oh, it pains me that that creators can't X, Y, Z. And I'm so glad Real Mood is going to solve this for us. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of people know this, because uh, especially you, I don't even know if you would know this, um, because we're based in North America. But there's a huge geo blocking of countries right now that doesn't have the opportunity or the ability to live stream or monetize off of YouTube because Google geo blocks them and doesn't allow them to monetize. So some of the content creators that you see on TikTok or YouTube actually have to heavily rely, rely on advertisers. And sometimes advertisers won't partner with them because of where they're from. So sometimes there's actually content creators that are super talented and have that knack and they have those views that are just getting completely shut out by big tech companies because they're not in the location due to maybe regulations or maybe government restrictions, whatever that might be. Blockchain technology, obviously, you already know, like it already fixes so many different things surpassing government like regulations because it's a people's platform where it's peer to peer and the people govern it, not banks. So uh, yeah, th that was one of the biggest things to me where I said, and I don't want to use a specific name, but there's a content creator that brings in 3 million views on three different platforms. So they bring in 1 million views on YouTube, a million on Facebook and a million on uh, uh, Spotify, and they actually make no money. Um, they're responsible for bringing in their own advertisers and, uh, they try to partner with North American advertisers. And a lot of those North American advertisers will say no because of where they're from. They consider them third world countries or whatever that may be. And there's talent oozing out of these countries also. And I go the country route because I am a product of diversity. And I think diversity, when people understand it, it fixes a lot of the shit that's happening in the world. Excuse my language, but it is what it is. And so, yeah, I, I saw that as an opportunity for Real Moods to really be, to take a step up and really help advocate for those that are screaming talent and just want to be able to uh, make a living for themselves because content creators to me are small businesses and they should be able to support their talent. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. 
Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.